well, I can see you. I don't think you can see me very well, can you? So I don't know how to get in the light here. But. Anyway, you'll have to imagine. Um, I was trying to think, what could we do tonight that would really uh, pull us together uh, as a family here? Because we're getting toward the end here. We don't have a lot of time left. And I was thinking, really, maybe if we could do some special music together. And as I travel around the country, I ask people, what is it musically that used to just fill you up? And you won't be surprised to hear me say that cross-denominationally, cross-generationally, cross-racially, cross-continentally, people respond just like that. They say, what we really miss is group whistling. And I so... I so understand where you're coming from there, so we are going to take care of that right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now let's whistle together. One of the greatest whistling songs in all of American history. You begin. Here we are. Oh, gee. Oh. Well, please stop. I, I'm sorry. I, I should have made myself more clear. <laughs> what, I, what I meant to say was, what I should have said was, I will whistle a note, and then you people whistle the same one. <laughs> That'll help us. Here we go. Uh, here we are. I'm sorry to laugh. It just sounded so terrible from where I'm standing right here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anybody tempted? Can anybody do this one? Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it if you can do it. Let's hear it. Okay. That, that was a pretty loud one. Where was that one back there that went pretty high? Let's hear it again. That's definitely not it. Hey, Pete. Pete. One, that, one more time. Wee, wee. Hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. That ticks me off. <laughs> Somebody better over here? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I prefer Pete. <laughs> let, let, and it's a girl. What's your name? Mandy. Can you do the one that goes wee weep like that? really bothers me, and, and the reason, I'm, ser I'm serious, Mandy, <laughs> and I'll tell you why, I worked 15 years of my life to do what you just did with such ease right there, I lost more spit over that one endeavor, 
And I finally realized, you know what? If you have the genes in your finger or in your tongue, well, then fine. Then you can do it, right? But if you don't, if, we're, if your kids were in here, 100 kids were in here, and, and Mandy did, let's hear it, Mandy. Wee, wee. And I said, hey, kids, how many of you would love to do what Mandy just did? How many hands do you think would go up, parents? Every, I've proven that to, to myself so many times when I'm in family groups like that. All those hands go up. And I want you to know, always, as a word of encouragement to those kids, I, I look them right in the eye and I say, give up. <laughs> so frustrating to me, Mandy, because I was the only one in my group of friends who couldn't do it. All my, all my friends could do this thing, but I, so I never felt like I really belonged in a in the group because of the... I'll tell you what, Mandy, when I do this, you do it, okay? Here we are. Ready? Here we are. Okay. Okay, you're getting softer, though, okay? Yeah, here we go. Nice and loud. Here we go. Yeah, real loud as you can. This is not a time to be smiling, by the way. I can tell that. Here we are. Okay, don't mess her up, all right? Mandy, here we go. You and me. Here we are. Okay, be ready. Okay, be ready. I'd be walking down the street with my two friends, Kurt and Phil. We'd see Mark and Jay like three blocks down in our little town. And Kurt and Phil would go, hey, look, there's Mark and Jay. And they'd stick their fingers in their mouth. they go, and then Mark and Jay would go, and they'd stick and go. I remember there was a delay because of the distance. I recall that. So frustrating to me because I couldn't do it. And finally, I was 18 years old. I was getting ready to go to college in Chicago, 500 miles away from my home. And it occurred to me, nobody knows me there. (laughs) Nobody knows I've suffered with this disability my whole life. And so I just quit. And I want to... Just kind of put a button on the weekend here. I want you to know just what a a blessing it's been in my life to become a quitter. (laughs) And also, Mandy, I figured out I could get by just fine in life without that. Okay. I would just go, hey! One of the greatest whistling songs in all of American history. Here we are. You know it. Again. Little harmony on the chorus. Here it is. When was the last time you did this as a group? <laughs> kind of makes you want to fish. Last time with a finger snap, here it comes. gives me such delight to realize that Mandy cannot snap her fingers. (laughs) By the way, this is what you call a thin line guitar. 
very, very expensive instrument right there. So. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope you had a nice afternoon today. Um, I know that you were very busy doing stuff with your kids. That was so fun for uh, me to think of as I sat napping watching golf. <laughs> so that means I'm getting old, which we all are, by the way. Everyone, well, there's nothing we can do about that. We're all, we're all uh, getting old. And, but normally we don't even think about it unless we're reminded that it's happening. And I did have a reminder. I had my 50-year uh, checkup uh, couple months, a few years. Actually, it's been almost two decades. You're going out. <laughs> Just out of interest, how many of you have been through that 50-year checkup hilarity for yourself? That's the special one, isn't it? That's the one where the uh, normally healthy person has their first exposure to the whole idea of the colonoscopy. If I can just break that, this down for you briefly as we enter into a uh, time of worship. <laughs> Colon. That's the last five or six feet of the large intestine. And oscopy, os, oscopy, Latin word, medical term, literally translated, garden hose with camcorder. <laughs> My doctor described for me what I would be enduring. And I don't know how I got to be 50 years of age without knowing what a colonoscopy is. We've just been real healthy, I guess. But he's, he's being a good doctor. He's explaining to me exactly what I'm going to be uh, going through. Uh, and my, I should also tell you that my doctor has been a very close friend since college. So um, we have a, this, he's very wonderful sense of humor. So he's being a good doctor explaining what I'm going to be going through. But because of our relationship, honest folks, I thought he was joking. <laughs> so my response was, <laughs> Yeah. Oh. They are going to put me out for this. I don't know how I feel about my doctor's bedside manner. He actually laughed in my face. He said, no, no, Bob, you can watch the whole thing if you want to. I said, no, I, I don't think I'm that flexible. Then make, to make matters worse, the night before I had to drink three big plastic bottles, or two big plastic bottles of the stuff meant to cleanse my digestive system. And I don't know how you felt about that, ma'am, but I found, <laughs> I found that stuff to be really effective. <laughs> 3 a.m., I'm in my favorite place. Judy came in with an empty bottle. She said, you did Dilute this stuff. <laughs> so, well, that would explain it. <laughs> Cleanse my digestive system every other system. I lost computer files that night. <laughs> and then the instruction sheet from the hospital said, before you come for your sick... And by the way, you don't need to do it in the hospital if you're looking forward to this. You, you, if that, as it turns out, is the most expensive place to... Do. You can get a, I'm trying to say you can get a, a lot cheaper like in the strip malls. 
those colonoscopy slash laundromat places. So, not that convenient, though, really. Mainly because you have to keep putting in the coins. So, and you do not want to be a quarter short on that deal, believe me. The instruction she said before you come for your 6 a.m. procedure, be sure that you drink, listen, 3,800 milliliters of water. <laughs> I'm from Minnesota, not Manitoba. I have no idea. What, I've never studied uh, uh, the met, met, I'm not familiar with the, the uh, I've never sold drugs. I've never done this. So 4 a.m., I am in my kitchen with a bowl and a measuring cup and a ruler trying to figure out how many milliliters are in an inch. Don't work too hard on that. The answer is none. But then I, something from junior high came back, and I started thinking, Milla, mil, I think that means, I think that means thousands. So I backed the decimal point up through three places to 3.8 liters. That's, that's, in Canada, they shout that out, by the way, which is 3.8 liters. It is a gallon of water. And I'm thinking, this can't be, is this, but it was, I've never drank a gallon of water in one standing in my life, but, but I did it. And I got to the hospital and the nurse said, Mr. Stromberg, how are you feeling? I said, well, not great. I just drank a gallon of, can, can you explain? To, I wouldn't even think this would be safe. Can you explain to me why I had to do that? She said, well, we're going to do a urinalysis, so we need to make sure we have an adequate sample. <laughs> How much do you need? She said, well, you, ha you have to fill up the little, the little plastic uh, cup. From here? I'm kind of hoping so, because otherwise this won't even be a challenge. <laughs> and then she went over and she got the little plastic cup, which was so condescending and disappointing, because I was pretty sure I could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point of the story is it made me feel my age. It made me feel uh, old. And, uh, and also it made me feel old, because the doctor, honestly, the doctor was maybe 15, girlfriend tagged along. They had their earbuds in the whole time. It's like, how rude is this? You know? I didn't mind, though, because they gave me this sedative. I'll bet there's somebody here from the medical field knows what that's called. What's it called? Anybody know? Versed. That's what it is. I always forget. I know the generic name is sure. I don't mind. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. But. And that stuff, that got me imagining what general anesthesia must be like, because I've never experienced that. Or if I have, <laughs> my neighbor has, though, he's my age, he was playing basketball this last winter, popped his Achilles tendon. Ooh, that's the appropriate response right there, vocal response. Do you know what happens when you pop an Achilles tendon? Rolls right up the back. Did you do that? Yeah. Yeah, they found, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, rolls right up, the, they found up behind his shoulder blade. They got him on a gurney. They're rolling him down the hall. They're going to grab it, pull it back down, and attach it. He said he saw one little drip of general anesthesia going to his hand, and he thought to himself, 
what if I'm one of those people it doesn't work on? And in a panic, he sat right up on the cot, looked the surgeon right in the eye and said, this stuff better work. And the surgeon said, well, I think it did because we're all done. <laughs> oh, and I have one more story for you tonight. I thought that you might enjoy speaking in this beautiful place where we are, where we can, uh, where we can uh, speak to God and we can hear God speaking to us through the beauty of his uh, creation. And I have a... a I need some help with this, so I am going to come here. Get up here. This might take a second. Come on. No, no, no. I think he's a little afraid of the microphone here. No. Yeah, there we go. There we are. There we go. All right. All right. <laughs> don't usually get this close to them. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever held pet a goose before? Okay. If you're careful, you can pet the pet the foot there very gently. Yeah. Right above my arm, you can pet the fur there, or the, I mean the feathers. Excuse me. Yeah. You can pet the head right there. Oh. Well, that was fun for me. <laughs> this is my goose. At least I say she's mine. I suppose she is for a time. She's been injured, you see. So for a little while, she's staying with me. No eagle claw or hooked beak or furrowed brow. Of these, she has no need, for she's quite content to fill herself on things among the weed, like small fish. That's a dainty dish if you're a goose. That is not to say, however, and it would be wrong to think that she is weak, not strong like the eagle. For though the eagle may be stronger than the, in, in the fight, more fit for the kill, this goose can fly further and longer than any eagle will. Oh, I've heard much lofty talk about eagles and falcons and hawks, and it's, it's not my desire, nor would I conspire to hold those big birds down. But when I see them flying up there so high... Sometimes but a solitary dot, I can but one, gaze and wonder and utter, my gosh, look at that. But as I've implied, whether in the trees or in the sky, eagles, falcons, and hawks, they're almost always alone, or at most in twos. And that's what separates those birds from this goose. Excuse me, just a second. I used to think those in out, out in Iowa or in Nebraska would know best because the sky is bigger as you head to the west. But even as a lad nestled out in the Alleghenies, I looked forward each fall to seeing as many as a thousand geese arrowing into view over autumn ember elm and maple and white birch too. One day, lying alone on the lawn on my back, hearing only the drone of a distant train on some far off track, I saw before my eyes 5,000 feet high or more. A sight which to this day, I've, I must say, I've seen nothing like before. The head goose, the leader of the V, suddenly veered out, leaving a vacancy which was promptly filled by a bird behind. The former leader then flew alongside. The formation continued growing wide. He found himself a, a spot at the back of the line. They never 
missed a beat. Well, I was on my feet, gaping, mouth-gazing south, wondering what on earth I'd seen. I told my friends, they said, so? I said, so? What do you mean, so? You ever seen anything like that before? Mark? Jay? Paul? They said, no, but don't be a bore. Let's go to the park and play ball. So we did. Used to play a lot of ball when I was a little kid. And that was that. Well, now I'm an adult, and I'm growing. I'm very busy. I suppose that's a part of being grown. But the point is, I seldom have time alone, not, alone, not least lying in the lung looking for geese. And if I do see some, it, it's more or less luck, or I'll see a goose and it's really a duck, or I, I might catch a glimpse when I'm stuck in traffic. And that's why I'm thankful for the National Geographic. Because, see, they told me what I now tell you. If you don't believe what I say is true, then you can look it up. What I witnessed that day is something that's been going on with geese in the wild since the very first autumn. See, their bodies are shaped like the spear, slicing the, the wind, piercing the air. From the ground, it's impossible to see, but those wings, they aren't flapping randomly. When the, get, when the head goose grabs that wind, air is displaced which then rushes up to reclaim its space only to see the smiling face of the bird is flying behind, whose wings just happen to be in the downward position. Very dangerous condition, which doesn't last for long because that upper rush gives them a push, and they're right back up there where they belong. That bird then grabs there again, causing another upward wind, lifting the bird behind, and so-and-so goes on down the line. So the head goose shields the wind, and all the rest are carried by him. In varying degrees, of course, from the back, which is best, to the front, which is worse. With very little effort on the part of any one bird. So that's how I learned how the goose can fly from way up north to way down south and back again. But she cannot do it alone, you see. It's something that must be done in community. These days, it's a popular notion, and people swell with emotion and pride when they think of themselves on the eagle side, solitary, self-sufficient, strong. But we are what we are. That's not something we just choose. And though many of us would wish to be seen as an eagle, I think God made us more like the goose. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Bless you.